Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. All righty. I always get excited. There's no need to get excited yet because literally no one's here. And I say what? Excited about. Yeah. Well, I'm always excited, but I'm really excited today. Uh, for those of you joining in, um, I met uh, Andronica um on at magnolia js in jackson mississippi last year um one of my favorite parts about conferences and traveling is just the amazing people i get to meet and uh you are one of them um and so uh, i messed her a while back said hey we got to get you on the show want to catch up and and it's finally here so i'm very very excited and Adronica, i'm very excited to have you on so thank you i am excited to be here likewise yep. i thought you were amazing so it's an honor to be able to exchange you're, some ideas with you you're too kind and and she and i did not match on purpose this is, this is not on purpose, but we do have the same vibe going on today. Uh, but for those of you who are tuning in, welcome. We're starting to get some people. Chris, Chris, Kevin, Bill, Colin. It's great to see you all this morning. Um, uh, keep commenting, right? Um, let me know. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Um, always love. I, uh, I had a guy on from Paris yesterday. And wow. so I Googled how to say thanks for watching in French. Oh. And I, I, I commented back at him. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me know. We, we've had people from South Africa. We've had people from, uh, South America. Uh, we've actually had people from all over the globe. So on this show, so definitely let us know where we tune in from. The reason why I tell people that is because, so this show, this show originally started, Dronic and I were chatting off stage about like what this show kind of started. I was like giving, giving back to others. And, um, but, but what I, what I, what I've become really passionate about is, is I want this to be a networking platform for folks. So I wish, I had a place where I could tune in for my pajamas every morning, <laughs> learn something about the career, and then also network with other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this is, right? It's a community. And so that's why I tell people to comment, to engage, to say, hey, because we're not in the metaverse yet. Even I'm talking to somebody from meta, we're not there yet. <laughs> um, but so there's no way to know if you're watching unless you comment, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about networking is showing up consistently, being visible. I've had people on the show message me. They said they found mentors. They have found um, new jobs. They have made friends. So Again, continue to comment. Even if you're watching this three, four, five, seven days later, still comment because there's people who still engage with you. Um, the next thing is, is ask questions. So this is a Q&A show. It's live. The reason why I chose to do this live and not like pre-recorded is because I there's very few times where you can get very senior engineers and people like Andronica on the show without them billing you. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it what it is, right? So, yeah. uh, so this is a chance for for you to learn from some of the best and brightest engineers that I know across the country. Um, and uh, so, please ask questions, take advantage of that. Um, I do want to give some shout outs. Uh, Mark, it's great to see you. Uh, Shania, it's great to see you as well from Michigan, Illinois. In the house with Chris, Alex. Good morning, Melville Blizzard. Alex, where where are you at? Are you in LA? Did you see LA's getting like 
blizzard snow do you see that i know it's crazy the bay area was actually snowing a couple of days ago it's gloomy so i normally take my calls from my laptop setup but there's no it, light your lighting there. looks great yeah, right like, now for my the lighting looks horrible so i was like this, oh let me find somewhere else to set up where there's a window where people yeah that, that but yeah we, yeah that, that that soft light that soft light is everything yeah. when it comes to lighting yeah. um yeah. ricardo barrett erica joshua it's great to see you as well all right so let's go ahead and dive in john if you want to give a quick background about who you are what do you do and then obviously we'll go from there Sounds good. Hi, everyone. My name is Andronica Claus. Um, I'm currently a quality, well, a lead quality assurance engineer at Meta. I have been with Meta almost three years now, three years in um, July. Prior to that, I was with Bank of America. And at Bank of America, I took on different roles. So when I was in college, I studied computer science information systems. Interned throughout my college career as a developer. Did not love it as much as all the other people loved it. And so I realized that that may not be the career path for me. So then when I got a full-time offer from Bank of America as an intern, I then went into software development for a little bit, did for about six months, had a conversation with my manager. I was like, hey, don't really love this so much. What other opportunities are there? And so my manager started talking to, you know, like other, um, her peers to see what opportunities they had on their teams for someone who's fresh out of college with like zero experience. Um, and then I landed into quality assurance. I absolutely loved it because I still got like the part of technology that I love or like the part of software development that I love, which is engaging with the code and like, you know, interacting with the product and being a right. part of the process that builds the product. And it took away the part that I hated, which was sitting in front of a computer and writing out the code. So it felt like, you know, the perfect in between. After I did that, I realized that, hey, this is great. I understand technology from the person who's building it, right? Like I understand it from the team's perspective, right. but I also want to understand from a project management and also just from a user engagement perspective and project management or business analysts at Bank of America, um, that's what they were called, are the ones who interact a lot with, yeah. you know, like the um, business partners and whoever's mm -hmm. asking you to build the product. So then I went into project management and then... Meta reached out and they were like, hey, we've got an open spot. Awesome. Like to, you know, see if you're interested in it. Um, I was ready to get back into engineering at that point. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, let's go ahead and interview. Had one of the most ruthless interviews of my life. Yeah. I, yeah, I should have prepared better and like asked around what the interview process would look like. Sure. But yeah, got thrown into that. Um, Apparently they love me. I mean, I'm here, that's, so it worked out. That's so, yeah, awesome. So that's been my journey. Um, I also do a lot of like speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about diversity and inclusion and the importance yep. of diversifying your team. I talk about privacy. I'm in privacy at Meta, okay. which is a huge hot topic um, within the company, but also within the industry itself. So some of the best practices that I've learned from being at Meta when it comes to like privacy, I talk about the importance of compliance. Some of the work that I do um, is in response to, you know, some of the compliance things that we have at the company. So that's where my journey is right now. I love and that. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. You said about 16 things that I want to break down. And so <laughs> I already know we're going to have to have you on for a part two because there's so much to talk about. Narando, Magnolia, JS people in the house. It's good to see you, buddy. Oh, hi. Um, Michael, it's good to see you too. Victor, it's great to see you too, man. 
Um, and Shani, yeah. So I like that you try different fields. So we're going to talk about that for a second. So there's a lot of things to dive into. First off, let's talk about where do I want to start? So let's, let's talk about this, that you try different fields, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people I have on are engineering managers and engineers. Mm -hmm. And I've been really loud lately about there's many ways to get into tech aside from being a developer. I feel like developers kind of this, like on this pedestal, if you want to be in tech, you got to be a developer. Listen, mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things in, in, in engineering that you can be a part of right. talk about, because I, I want to get into people's brains with this question, right? What made you really go, Hey, I don't want to be a developer. And then why do you like QA as a resource for others who may be struggling with the same thing? So in my life, I can tell you what's always going wrong. Like I am gifted at finding the problem and okay. dissecting the problem. And, you know, sometimes I can come up with solutions, not always, but I have a strength in absolutely finding what is wrong with okay. everything. Right. And so that's like the big thing when it comes to being in QA is being able to go in and like think outside of the box. I'm also good mm. at like coming up with scenarios in my head. I live in an entirely different world to what my reality is. I'm very imaginative, but what that does then is when it comes to my role, it translates into my ability to actually come up with edge cases, right? Where I can sit here and like give a hypothetical and say, Hey, Actually, did we think about what happens if we engage with the tool in this way? So I think mm -hmm. for me, part of the reason why I like transitioned over or how I knew to transition over was realizing that I have a lot of strengths that are required for QA. And so aligning myself with like the strengths and the things that like I enjoy in my day to day. Like in my relationship, one of the things my boyfriend hates is that I always come up with hypothetical situations and like, what would you do if, right? But that's like the basis of QA, right? It's like understanding how to think about it from a user's perspective, because I think sometimes as engineers, we're limited in our interaction, right? I think a great example that I give a lot is with the Apple feature where they created a feature where you can take a picture and then you can actually copy the text on whatever that picture is. So if I took a picture of a receipt, I could go in and like copy that text. Recently, I saw on the internet how a bunch of college students were actually using that to plagiarize, right? And yeah, which to me is crazy. Like I would have never thought about that. But during a lecture, one of the students like took a picture of somebody else's essay and then took that content, went in and I guess in some way made it their own and then submitted Whoa. it. And those are the kind of things that in developer spaces or even like as program managers or, you know, project leads, you're not thinking about those edge cases. Right. And so QA gives me like the opportunity to do that and to like still enjoy the technology, that. review the code, but yeah. that's where my strengths are. And so leaning more towards what I enjoy, what my strengths are, that's how I ended up in the room. I love that. I'm actually going to write down, I'm going to do a series where I interview different people to talk about that. Cause I feel mm -hmm. like, uh, it's super important. I love that. I love that. All right, <laughs> next question. Um, and we got we got some more people. Good morning, um, uh, Brady. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see. You. We got some Magnolia oh, JS uh, fans in the house. I love it. it makes me happy. Um, so uh, let's see here. What what else we talk about? Um, you said some other things too. Okay, internships, mm -hmm. right? So this is kind of targeted towards the company, right? Let's talk mm -hmm. at hiring managers at companies. You start as an intern. Talk about why companies should have intern or apprenticeship programs. Um, and then maybe if you want to give some, some props to bank of America for obviously helping you get started and just kind of how they did it. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, a little background as well, I'm first generation. So I was born and raised in South Africa, 
my mom was a domestic worker so she had absolutely no idea what corporate is to this day she doesn't know what i do (laughs) which is cute because i've tried to explain it so many times and she's just like yep my daughter's an engineer and that's all that matters i love it um but yeah so my mom like had absolutely no idea so when i got to college i was blessed enough to be a part of a community that like stressed the importance to me of building your resume early on in college. I think that oftentimes, at least for first generation students, we're taught that get your foot through the door and then somehow you'll miraculously land a job, which isn't necessarily always the case, right? Like you need to build your portfolio in the same way if I were a graphic designer, you know, like I need to start like building my portfolio. So start, you know, drafting out drawings and whatever else so that I have something to hand over. So for me, when I got to college, I was advised that, hey, you want to get an internship as early as is possible. Yes. And I went to a historically black college and university. And the gift in that is there are some like companies that are interested in recruiting at these um, institutions which, so that which, they can. Johnson which, C. Which, Smith. Which college you go to? Johnson C. Smith. It's in oh, nice. Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. I, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm familiar. Yep. That's oh, awesome. I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. But yeah, so I went to Johnson C. Smith and because of the lack of diversity in, you know, like tech companies, they do recruit at HBCUs. They need to. They need to, right? Exactly. They need to. um, Very intentionally so. And so that's how I ended up being exposed to Bank of America. They would have seminars where, you know, they'd come and teach us something about Bank of America. And the dean of my college there, Dr. Chen, who has been an amazing mentor for me in my career, um took an interest in me and she was like hey just show up you know like Mm. you don't even have to ask questions Mm. just show up make sure they know your face make sure that they see that you're engaging make sure that they know that you're interested i'm interrupt you again say just say that one more time say that one more time yep so she told me you know like just make sure that you show up um, show show up up, show your face make sure that they familiarize yourself with you so when you said networking earlier on i was like uh yeah it absolutely like your network is your network like i absolutely agree with that Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then um, that's how I ended up getting the internship. Bank of America was familiar with me when uh, it was time for them to do internships. One of the hiring ladies and I had built a relationship. Awesome. I interviewed and then I ended up getting an internship with them. And so I think for me, the importance of having an internship as a college student or even like beyond college, because my boyfriend got an internship post college. So he went mm-hmm. through a boot camp. Okay. And then started off as an intern and then now has transitioned as a full-time employee at Adobe. I think the importance of internships is several things. One, it teaches you the culture of the company, right? I think that in the same way that you are looking for a job, you want to interview the company and make sure that you are like a right fit for that company. Yeah. And the best way for you to know if you're a great fit for the company is by interning. It yeah. also teaches you the kind of skills that you may not necessarily use when you are in college or in boot camps every day, right? So being able to go in and like negotiate with senior management or even like your peers and being able to have those sorts of conversations and like lead in spaces that you may not necessarily, you know, like be able to lead. So I love internships because they give me like a warm up to what the company and what the role is going to be like. And it also gives you the opportunity to study like, okay, these are the skills that I need. If I want to come in as a developer and this is what it takes to, you know, get promoted if you're looking at promotions or this is what it takes to go into this route of development. So those are great. And why should companies hire interns? 
I think specifically for Gen Z, they are there to disrupt culture, which ah. I think is an amazing thing. Yeah, I same. love the fact that younger generations come into company and like disrupt the culture. I think that also pushes the envelope for yes. because then you are forced to interact with people who are your next customer base. And so it teaches the company how to evolve, right? Like if we're sitting there and it's a generation of people who don't use TikTok, how are we going to know what, you know, like features we want to build or reels at my company, right? If most older generations are like, uh, I just want to post a picture on Facebook and that's enough. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like there's this running joke where it's like, you know, get a boomer to take a picture and then get a millennial or, you know, a Gen Z to take the picture. And they're like two drastic things. But there's so much to learn from the younger generation, especially because we grew up in the age of technology. And so the impact for the companies is you get this fresh new perspective that challenges, you know, like the thinking mm. that is traditional in that company and not just feature wise, right? When it comes to company culture as well, you and I were talking about this offline about how millennials and like Gen Z approach PTO very differently, right? Like yeah. when we put in PTO, we're not asking for permission. Like we're kind of just gently telling you that I'm gonna yeah, we're take going to take time off. We are. And whether you approve it or not, that's your personal still choice. Going. Right. Whereas when I talk to my mom about that, my mom was like, oh, did your manager approve? And I'm like, what do you yeah. mean? Did my manager approve? Yeah. Right. And so I think like it teaches the company how to evolve in the times. And that's why it's so important to have interns. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, I want to go back to the networking thing real quick in college. Mm -hmm. And so I, I spoke last night to Belmont University, uh, one of their marketing departments um, on on branding and, and whatnot. <laughs> and I, I touched on networking briefly and I've gotten this question a lot and people just can't, people can't seem to write, oh, I need to call it Dr. T. Dr. T is a dear friend of mine. Um, she also <laughs> just won a software engineer of the year in Nashville. So oh shout out gosh. Dr. T, got to give, got to give props where it's due. Um, so I, I want to go back to networking real quick. What does networking mean to you and how would you recommend people to network in boot camps and in college? I think for me, when I network, I always want to know what my intention is, right? Like, am I networking to get a sponsor? Am I networking to get a mentor? Or is it just to, you know, like have this person in my community and, you know, like have them know who I am? Mm -hmm. I think what I love that you mentioned is branding, right? Like knowing what your brand is. Yeah. And I think that, at least for me, when I thought about branding, I thought, you know, like, oh, I'm not a CEO. Why do I need a brand? I'm not right. some famous person on TV. You know, like, why would I need a brand? But it actually helps, right? Like, it creates that consistency and, like, that consistent, like, association with Andronica, right? Wherever I go, when there are conferences, I make sure I dress well. One, because I love fashion. But also, you I, I have to say, you were dressed to the nines. I was very impressed. <laughs> Thank very, you. very impressed. Thank you. But then, too, also because it helps with like brand association, right? Like, if you think about you and the shirts that you're always wearing in all of your videos, yeah. or you think about a Todd with lobsters, right? So, it's yeah, Todd with lobsters. Exactly, right? It's like, you, you can't forget those things about people. So it creates like the dots. So I think one is like understanding what your brand is, right? So being able to like recognize that, hey, this is what I want to be known for or what I could be known for, right? Like yeah. this is a gift of mine. This is how I can be known for that. So that would be one. Two, when it comes to, 
networking i think for me it's always understanding what i can offer the other person sure. um and not just like expecting that they should be able to offer me something mm -hmm. and so if i can learn about the person like for all of the speakers i actually looked all of you up before we met at the conference i looked all of you up and i was like hey i need to know who taylor is what he does how him and i can connect um i need to know what michael does michael is right and i yeah. like went through all the list of speakers to familiarize myself so that when i'm having conversations with you you know that like hey i actually have learned about you and that i actually am generally interested in right. you and what you do so i think familiarizing yourself with the people in that space um as much as you can right like sometimes uh -huh. you don't have an opportunity to prepare sure. but i also am a little socially awkward um so okay. what i do is i have a list of questions that are, are like really? my, i do i do wow. i have a list of questions that are like my go-to questions that offer me comfort or that i use as what like, are they it, can you remember do you know them off the top of your head so one of them is obviously so it depends on the setting right like sure. if we are in like a professional setting where everybody is an employee or manager or whatever not you know like i'll ask them about the employment experience like hey how did you end up in the role that you're in all right um i also because i'm younger i get to use the you know if you were my age what is the one thing that you would do differently or the piece of advice that you would give and you know like i've also learned that people love talking about themselves which is great because all i have to do is just like keep shooting questions out so I do that. I have a list of questions. Um, it helps ease my nerves. It helps, yeah. you know, like make it easier for me to like go into conversations. But I think also having like conversations with people and listening, right? Like if you listen, like the same way you were listening and you're like, oh, we want to talk about this. We want to talk about this. We want to talk about yeah. this. And like allowing the conversation to just lead itself by actually listening with curiosity. Yeah. Those are some of the ways that I like walk into networking, but I also accept that it's intimidating to me, right? Like that's just a truth that I've made peace with that. Hey, you know, networking yeah. is intimidating. There may be some wins, there may be some losses, you know, and like, that's yeah. perfectly fine. And just like reflecting on what I could do better. Or sometimes like I'll even reach out to the person, right? So say we had a connection and I'll say, Hey, I felt a little nervous when we were having that conversation. You know, what do you think I could have done better? Do you have any advice? So those are like my approaches into networking. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also using tools, right? Like the one thing that's great about Twitter is that you literally, like Twitter is amazing. Like I met Talk Todd on Twitter yep. and that's how I ended up at Magnolia. And that's how I'm here, right? So using, yeah, like using the tools. And then my favorite is LinkedIn. Like. LinkedIn is amazing. Talk about it. Absolutely amazing. So whenever I'm looking for a job and I'm interested in learning like, oh, what the culture is at that company, or I'm even interested in a job role that I'm like not necessarily certain if I have the skills, I literally will just look up that job role on LinkedIn and then reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, this is who I am. I'm interested in this, you know, are you interested in sitting down and having some time? Um, let's chat about, you know, what your role is. And even that, like when I reach out, I have somewhat of a template so that I'm not just wasting the person's time and that they're very clear on like, Hey, this is why I'm reaching out. This is what I would like to learn from you. Um, and are you interested? If you are, this is how you can reach out to me. So making yeah. that conversation like 
so much quicker for them so that they don't have to like follow through with all of those questions. But yeah, I, I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great learning space as well. There's a lot of content that you can learn from. Like sometimes I just look up words like around privacy or like new I love that. Yeah, I love and like that. articles and articles and articles will just pop up. So I think in person networking is great, but also like utilizing um, the yeah. tools and the platforms that we have. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Twitter. There's so many ways. We're definitely going to have to have a follow-up because uh, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Um, let's talk Twitter real fast. I've definitely gone over kind of when I go live just myself and I kind of go over very tactical things. Talk about how you use Twitter and why, if you're in tech, you should consider Twitter as a networking tool. So I'll start off by being very upfront. I'm horrible at Twitter. Okay, great. Love that. Love the honest. Love the honesty. <laughs> I should be better. But I think, especially from the Magnolia JS crew, I've learned a lot, right? From like watching and interacting with this like specific group on how they go in and engage with Twitter. So I think some of the things that I've learned, one is just tweet, right? Like I'm always in my head. I'm like, oh, what am I gonna tweet about? Right. And so um, one of my friends, Brandon, who I met at Magnolia JS, and if anybody has met Brandon, Brandon is efficient at Twitter. Brandon, Brandon's everywhere. <laughs> like, yes, he is like most of the time. I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. But one of the things he was saying to me is even if you just go in and tweet like what you learned today. That's right. It. So, yeah, like just go in and tweet like, hey, this is what I learned today. Or a question that you had, you know, like throughout your day, whether it's like career specific or personal. Um, you know, and just like tweet that out to like, don't marry yourself to engagement. And I think that's part of the reason why I like don't necessarily tweet as much because I'm like, mm, what if I tweet and nobody responds or uh, likes? Or and Jonica, I'll always respond to you. Uh, don't oh. worry. I'll always respond. <laughs> but yeah, so like don't marry yourself to like, um, well, engagement, yeah. but also three, like be brave enough to be a part of those conversations, right? That are going on in the network. Um, yeah. I think like I've seen so many threads where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. This is, you know, like great content. And part of me is like, oh, I want to ask a follow-up question, right? So like allow yourself to engage from like a place of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And then also just using like whatever network that you are in, right? Like I have had so many people land on my timeline that I wouldn't have crossed paths with. Yeah. Um, whether it's, it's crazy. Like, exactly. Or whether it's like, a simple conversation about skydiving and then i'm like oh my goodness who's this person you know like they're doing amazing things i could learn so much from that person so you know like being a part of the conversation and like allowing yourself to engage with the different communities also what i normally do when i do post is hashtagging which actually okay. like brings me to so many great communities right so whether it's oh, hashtag no. black twitter hashtag yep. women in tech hashtag you know, girls in tech, woman empowerment, all of that. Like that also is a great way for me to like engage with different people in the community and realize that like, hey, there's an entire like wonderful community that's like ready to support you and engage with you and all of that. So those are the little ways that I know I to that. interact with Twitter, even though I'm like, I tweet once in every three, four months. <laughs> I love it. I, lo I love the honesty. Um, so as we wrap up here, um, again, there's, there, there's a lot of things we didn't get to that I wanted to, I and mean, I really want to dive into DEI. So we'll do that next time. Um, really want to dive into obviously the generational experience, um, how to navigate your career. So there's definitely a lot of fobs. I'll literally send you my link again so we can book something before I forget. Um, 
But but the last thing is is any practical tips for job seekers around resume stuff? Because I I, I want to touch on that briefly. So one of the ways in which I prepare for my next role, like even if I'm happy in my current role, right? I'm always wanting to one understand what my market value is, mm. um, because there are companies that like will pay you what you're worth, but there are also companies that. You know, once you've been there for like two, three years, you'll just get your traditional raise, right? Which is what, 3% or whatever the, you know, percentage is for each of the companies. So for me, it's always great to know like, hey, am I getting paid what my market value is? So I actually do engage with recruiters. I have a running relationship with recruiters on LinkedIn. I have recruiters who are familiar with what I do, what my interests are. And every now and then they'll reach out and say, hey, just wanted to check in again. Are you interested? And then, you know, like, so I actually respond to recruiters and like build that relationship because I don't know if ever, but if the day comes, right? Yep, there that's is it. That, yeah. There's that relationship where I can just reach out and say, hey, you know, we're familiar. What's it's going time. on? Exactly. So that's one of the things that I do. So like reach out to recruiters. Uh, most of them are really great. Again, LinkedIn. If you go in and you look up on LinkedIn, have the conversations with the recruiters or build a relationship with a recruiter, at least one, um, you know, and familiarize yourself with what the expectations are. I think to do what I didn't do, actually look up the company that you want to work for and what the interview process is, what the expectations are, um, how you can go about, you know, like getting into the company. Three, showing up to, you know, events. If the company does have mm-hmm. events is also a great way. Um, so if you're a part of a boot camp or you're in college, in most cases, they will throw some sort of event. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like keeping your eye out for whatever social activity those companies have and like engaging with that. For when it comes to like the resume specifically, what I do is I look at the job that I want and I read through the description and see like what are the specific skills that they want? Um, right. How does my current position align with what those skills are? And what are the skills that I am missing? Um, And then go in and like make sure I tailor my experience and my learning around making sure that, you know, like I fill whatever that skill gap is. I think also sometimes it's just learning how to understand the verbiage. Because like I always say to college students, if you are running a student organization, you have project management skills, right? It's like being able to translate to your experience to whatever like that specific skill is. And so either using um, services like recruiters who are, you know, there to help like buff up your resume or there are like online tools that will like go in and like help you like change an experience into a skill set. Or if you're on a college campus or again, a part of a boot camp, like reaching out to whatever the career development people are, they're also great at like helping with that. But yeah, I think in most cases for me, it's always been making sure what that skill gap is and like, yes working on that and like making sure I'm able to translate the work that I do today in my day to day into like actual skills. I love that. I love that. All right. So last two questions uh, of the episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. We, I, I've seen the comments. Um, definitely go, please go connect with Androtica after yes. um, I'll, I'll tag her um, in the post, but um, thank y'all for watching today. So last two questions for Androtica. First off, what technologies areas of tech are you interested in right now that you want to share for others? I think for me, it's been privacy, like the relationship between privacy and how it's a funny conversation because I think that 
I don't see how, and maybe that's where the opportunity of learning is, technology is ever going to not play catch up when it mm. comes to privacy. And I think part mm. of the reason why is a lot of the privacy issues are created by users. Mm. And so again, unless if we're sitting in a room where we have every single person who's going to use the technology and asking them, hey, how do you plan on violating this technology itself? It's, a, right? it's, it's essentially infinite problems. Exactly. I think yeah. it's an infinite problem. But also I do think that there are like safety and like procedures, right? That like we could put in place to ensure sure. that that doesn't happen and that we prevent as much of malice as is possible. So okay. I think for me, the area right now is in privacy, but not necessarily so much from the company standpoint, but from compliance and right. government officials and policy and all of that, right? Like, I still feel like we are regulating the internet that doesn't exist anymore because we're so far ahead. And so that's been my area of interest, like learning more about that, learning about how policy and technology is set up, um, what are the driving factors in policy and technology? So I've shifted a little from the actual tech itself, but understanding how, and even more so like if you're interested in building startups, right? Like how do you get ahead of this curve so yeah. that you're not sitting here and like retrospectively trying to like fix that as opposed to, you know, like building it into your company as a culture and leading with compliance and leading with privacy and all of that. So that's been the area of interest. Um, I love that. If you're interested, let's have a chat. I'm yeah, ready cool. to learn so much. Um, but yeah, that's where I love, I love that. All right, last question. So this show is called Guidance Counselor 2.0 because we had guidance counselors in middle school, high school, and college. But now as adults, we really don't have a true guidance counselor. So what would be your biggest piece of career advice to your younger self? Oof. I should have known that that was going to be a question that came up and prepared an answer. But... Top of mind, top of mind, top of mind is always best. Knowing what you don't like is just as good as knowing what you do like. Boom. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Because I think for the most part, like in my, I knew what my strengths were. I knew what I enjoyed and I had a tough time aligning that with like a specific job role. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my frustration wasn't, uh, I don't know how to, you know, like align it to a job role. And I'm now realizing that's what the guiding factor has been for me. <laughs> guiding, guidance counselor. <laughs> but that's what the guiding factor has been for me is like getting into a job, realizing mm, I don't like it because I know what I'm good at and what I enjoy and like what challenges me. And this is not it. Yeah. So that would have been like my piece of advice to the younger self. Also, I do want to give props to Narando. He was the one who told me to continue to dress up at every conference that I go and to make that my brand. I didn't know he was on here. But yeah, so. That's there you that. go. I love that. I love that. Props to you, Miranda. All right. So, y'all, thanks again for hanging out. Uh, and, Jonica, stay on real quick so I can say bye to you off stage. Um, for those of you, uh, tomorrow I'll be live. I'm actually going to be talking about the intersection of recruiting and engineering culture tomorrow. So, it's just going to be a me episode. Um, uh, I've actually was asked to do a blog for somebody. Um, and uh, so, I'm going to talk about it first, see if y'all mm-hmm. like it. So, tomorrow it's just going to be me. Um, and then Thursday on Unicorn Finders, my other podcast. We're talking with the startup who we interviewed before they got their first dollar revenue and they just closed their series A and now they're revenue positive. So we're going to talk to them on Thursday, a dear friend of mine, um, Daniel Norton, who's a CTO. Um, and then Friday I'm off because I'm uh, taking a little long weekend. So anyways, um, y'all have a great one. I'll see y'all tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Central. And Jonica, thank you so much. Thank you um, guys so much for tuning in. Absolutely. And we'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode and I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdeston on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.